Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with Privacy Mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course, present my thoughts the way I want. Right again! Now, you're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh, there it is! Drawing board or... Miro! Our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's won. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro Brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is the NFL Week 7 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Boys, oh boys, we got to bounce back. Tough, tough, tough Week 6 results. We finished four and ten for minus six point four units. I gotta, ha- I gotta have to, I gotta look back the last two years, but that might have been my worst NFL betting week of my career. I'm not gonna go on and go on and complain about it. I'll say some positives. Some positives are that we booked, that we, uh, that we built up enough of a cushion that we're still profitable for the year. Right now, for a year to date, we are 47, 44, and three for plus 0.98 units. So we're up still basically a unit. Um, other positives, other positives, other positives. Um, I got a positive about the show. I got a new microphone. My audio should be a little bit more clear. Since I moved into this room, the echo is really bad. And with my old microphone, it's picking it up really bad. Uh, so I was recording with a blanket wrapped around my head and the computer the past couple of weeks. Uh, so my breathing was really loud last week. Hopefully this new microphone has fixed that issue. It'll be a lot easier to listen to. Uh, any other positives from the NFL week? I don't think so. I'm not going to go on and complain, but boy, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. The simple way I could illustrate that is I lost my Thursday night football bet because Chicago muffed a punt and the commander scored a touchdown. And then I last lost my Monday night football bet because the Broncos muffed a punt in overtime and gave the Chargers the win. So, hey, that's betting, baby. That's betting. Even professional bettors have bad days, bad weeks, bad months. It sucks. It hurts. It makes this week a lot less enjoyable to handicap. It, it, it's tough looking at my record, seeing how well I was doing, and then for it to just collapse in front of my face in, in basically one day, one week. But this is a, it's a little adversity. You can deal with a little adversity. You got to jump right back on it. Another positive. It's only my second non-profitable week of the NFL season. My The issue is the two losing weeks I had were terrible. Lost 4.58 units in week two, 6.4 units in week six. Other four weeks were profitable. Hey, we're back. I ain't giving up. 272 games, 272 bets, 
the journey continues. So like I said, heading into week seven, we were 47, 44, and three, plus 0.98 units. We got 14 games on the slate this week. Let's not waste any more time. I do apologize. Uh, the episode is going to be is a day late because I play, pay, played uh, Beth Page Black. Golfed Beth Page Black on Monday. Uh, it was obviously it's fun to play Beth Page Black. First time I ever played it. Famous course. Hosted a few majors. Hosted the Ryder Cup in a few years. Um, but it was kind of fitting that that's kind of how my football week ended. Uh, I just got decimated with my bets. Even my Saturday college football picks were shit. And then uh, I got treated after a shitty weekend to Monday. Went to Beth Page Black. Shot a 107. I'm exhausted. You have to walk the course. Came home exhausted. Dead. Could barely move. And then I had to sit down and watch the Broncos. My under underdog pick of the week. Um, which would have got me at least soften the blow a little bit if they would have won a 2-1. to one. And then I had to watch them muff a punt in overtime and lose. That is now back-to-back underdog picks of the week that have lost on a last-second field goal. Both teams covered. Neither team won. Both teams lost on last-second field goals with the Bengals on Sunday Night Football the week before. It's it's it's, it's tough. Been a tough stretch. <laughs> but we're back. We're back. So let's not waste any more time. It is the NFL Week 7 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Let's go. No, Lisa. The only monster here is the gambling monster that has enslaved your mother. I call him Gamblor, and it's time to snatch your mother from his neon claws. More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 Utility man. Utility man. Uh, right, here we go. Let's dive into it with the Thursday night football game. It is in New Orleans Saints against the Arizona Cardinals. I will take the Saints on the money line, plus 105. This is not my underdog bet of the week, but I do like them. Uh, I'll, just, I'll just go money line here. Until the Cardinals can prove to me that they can play the sport of football at higher than a Division II level, I will be betting against them, especially if they're going to be set as favorites. Second last in the NFL in yards per play. Uh, That Kyler Murray contract, I think I said it last week, too, not looking good. Their defense has picked it up a little bit, but overall in in net yards per play, uh, they are 32nd, 31st, 30th, 20, 28th in the NFL in net yards per play. The Saints uh, looking right around 10th here. So the Saints, statistically, the much better team this season, but yet underdogs on Thursday Night Football, I do not like that. Let's take a closer look at the Cardinals offense here. Dead last in yards per play. Sorry, yards per pass attempt. Averaging only 5.8 yards per throw. fewer yards per pass than the next worst team. That's right. Think of all of the teams out there with shitty quarterbacks. Think of the Bears with Justin Fields. Think of um, the Giants with Daniel Jones, even though he's played decent lately. Think of the Broncos with Russell Wilson. Every single team you can think of. Much better in yards per pass attempt than Kyler Murray, who just signed, what, like a $300 million contract or something like that? 
almost half a yard worse per throw than the next worst team. They're also 28th in third down conversion rate, 29th in points per play, 20th in red zone touchdown percentage. And those above statistics, the Saints rank 7th in yards per play, 10th in yards per pass attempt, 13th in third down conversion rate, 11th in points per play, and 6th in red zone touchdown scoring percentage. Leagues above the Arizona Cardinals. Now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Ian, the Cardinals get DeAndre Hopkins back this week. I get it. But I don't think that's necessarily a game changer for the Cardinals. They're not going to go from the worst passing offense to a competitive passing offense from one player, especially considering DeAndre Hopkins only averaged 4.2 receptions per game and 57.2 yards per game in the 10 games he played in last year. I think he's he's regressing. He's getting older. He's 30 years old. He's been in the league since 2013. DeAndre Hopkins is not the DeAndre Hopkins of old. He is old. He's getting old. I mean, he's obviously going to be a boost to their offense, but it's not like him coming back is automatically going to make the Cardinals a contender. I will stick with the Saints in this spot. Give me the Saints plus 105 against the Cardinals on Thursday night football. And I'm going to start my Sunday picks with the game that is my underdog bet of the week. And that is the Indianapolis Colts against the Titans. I'm back on the Colts. Even though I was on the Jaguars against them last week, they broke my heart. One of the many plays that I lost on the last play of the game this past week. The Colts uh, touchdown. Matt Ryan finally. I finally decided to abandon the Colts and abandon Matt Ryan. What happens? The Colts win and Matt Ryan looks like an MVP. Of course. So now we'll be back on them this week, and what, let's watch. They'll probably revert back to the old Colts. But the Tennessee Titans, dead last in net yards per play this season. They are statistically the worst team in the NFL. I know one fewer game of sample size compared to the rest of the league because they had a bye week last week, but dead last in net yards per play at minus 1.4. They can't do anything well. Colts defense, 8th in opponent yards per play. Titans, second last in the NFL in opponent yards per play. Only the Lions defense is worst. Is worse. Uh, these two teams already played against each other. The Titans did win. Uh, if you remember, this is the week that my survivor pool entry got eliminated. Uh, but the Colts, the big reason why I was so frustrated with the Colts and so frustrated they just fucked me in survivor was because they outgained the Titans in that game 5.8 yards per play to 4.7 yards per play. Their issue was they had three turnovers, and all three of those turnovers came at the end of sustained long drives that were at least in field goal range. I'm going to bank on them dominating them again, except this time hopefully they don't have a minus three turnover differential. Uh, I don't think the Titans should be favored. I don't think the Titans should be favored against anyone in the NFL based on their statistics so far this season. I'm shocked that the Colts are underdogs in this spot. Give me the Colts plus 135 on the money line against the Titans for my underdog money line pick of the week. Moving on, we got the Jaguars and the Giants. Um, and I am afraid, I don't. I kind of don't want this to happen. But if it does, I'll have to start calling the Giants frauds. Like, if they keep winning. Last year, I rightfully called the Titans frauds. They're too bad this year for me to, for me to even use that term. The Giants at 5-1, to one, if they keep winning, I'm going to have to unfortunately call them frauds, and I do not want to do that. I kind of like the Giants. I like Giants fans. I'm friends with a lot of Giants fans. But I have to trust the numbers, and if I start hearing people call the Giants a good football team, I'm going to have to start calling them frauds. 5-1, and one, I get it. 
Um, but they were so outplayed last week. Well, first of all, let me just mention they're 27th in net yards per play. The Jaguars are ninth. So statistically, they're a terrible team. Yes, they get in the, I hear this every time when a team has a good record and I say they sting statistically. People say stats don't matter, only wins matter. And I come back and I say if you evaluate, you can't evaluate teams only based on the record if you're betting on sports. If you're going to do that, then go ahead and just bet on the team with a better record in every single game and let me know how that goes for you. Last week against the Ravens, they won credit to them. But they were gained against the Ravens last week. Seven yards per play, the Ravens gained. The Giants gained 3.8 yards per play. I don't know if they keep these numbers, but that might be an all-time record for the biggest yards per play discrepancy uh, in a losing effort for the Ravens, winning effort for the Giants. Let me repeat this. The Ravens gained seven yards per play against the Giants. The Giants gained 3.8 yards per play. The Giants somehow won that game. Once again, another bet I was winning the entire game up until the end. On the pile of heartbreaking losses I suffered on Sunday. Listen, I'm cheering for the Giants. I wish them well. I can't bet on them. Only three-point underdogs to the Jaguars, despite being significantly statistically worse. Also, the Jaguars should be able to attack this Giants defense on the ground. They're averaging 4.9 yards per carry. The Giants are dead last. And run defense, New York is allowing 5.6 yards per carry. And then the opposite is true. On the other side of things, the Giants rely on the run game. 51.37% of the Giants offense comes on the ground. That is the second highest mark in the NFL. And now they face a Jaguars defense that ranks third in opponent yards per carry, allowing just 3.6 yards per rush. So I think Jacksonville wins big in this game. I will take the Jaguars minus three. Minus 110 against the Giants. Panthers and Buccaneers. This is my ugliest bet of the week. And one that I'm almost certain I'm going to live to regret. Um, but I'm going to take the Panthers plus 10.5. I got them at minus 106 against the Buccaneers. I mean, I fell for this trap on the Panthers last week. I'm going to fall for them for it again. But I can't lay over 10 points on an NFL team unless they're very good. And by very good, I mean their offense needs to be like a top 10 unit. Buccaneers still rank a measly 21st in yards per play. They lost. Don't forget they lost as 10-point favorites to the Steelers last week. I have a lot of concerns about the Buccaneers' offense. Tom Brady yelling at his offensive line is not a, is not a good look. That tells me there's some issues in that locker room. The chemistry doesn't seem to be there, even with his receivers, which is supposed to be one of the better receiving cores in the NFL. Has Julio Jones even been playing? He's invisible. I get it. The Buccaneers are a better team. There's no doubt about that. But I'll take Panthers plus 10 and a half here. I mean, I don't even know who's going to play. Is PJ Walker going to play for quarterback for them? Is like who are they down to Jacob Eason? I mean, at least as of recording this podcast, Christian McCaffrey's still there. He might be able to alone generate enough offense to at least get the Panthers some points in this game. And let's not forget the Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay offense is only averaging 20.2 points per game this season. So if they put up their average uh, score, 20.2 points, that means they would need to keep the Panthers to nine points to cover the spread here. So the Panthers score two touchdowns or a touchdown and two field goals. Buccaneers need to go well above their average to cover this 10-point spread here. So until I see the Buccaneers offense clicking, I will fade them. And I will take the Panthers plus 
at minus 106 on Sunday. Then we got the Packers uh, against Washington here. Uh, I correctly bet against the Packers in two straight weeks. I wish I took money lines on the New York teams. I did not. I took Giants to cover and then took Jets to cover both of those one. But this week, I'm going to flip things and I will bet on the Packers. I think now is the time to buy low on this team. Minus five and a half, minus 105 are the odds I got on them. Washington stinks. I will stick with that take. Their win over the Bears really hurt my chances of uh, cashing in on my bet for them to finish with the worst record in the NFL. But they're still 30th in net yards per play. They are more importantly 24th in opponent yards per pass attempt. So Aaron Rodgers gets to finally get his, his game back on track. He's going to face one of the weaker secondaries in the NFL. And if you look at Washington's yards per play metric on offense, their yards per play actually decent, but they're 26th in third down conversion rate, 17th in red zone offense. That's going to kill them. They've also had a relatively easy schedule they got killed by the eagles and cowboys they lost to the shitty lines and extremely shitty titans they needed the bears to quite literally muff a punt on their own five yard line to beat them this washington team stinks big bounce back spot big get right game for the packers i'll take a minus five and a half minus 105 and then moving on to the lions and the cowboys here i will take the lions plus seven Minus 110, it does look like Dak Prescott's going to be back this week, but uh, even with him in the lineup, I think a touchdown spread is kind of absurd. Let's not forget, I mean, obviously he was going up against a much better defense than the Lions defense in week one against the Buccaneers, but Dak Prescott didn't really look good in game one. I need to see the Cowboys offense clicking and firing on all cylinders before I kind of change my opinion about them. Their offense with Cooper Rush has not been great despite winning a lot of games. I don't know if Dak Prescott's going to, just like um, just like I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is making the Cardinals offense all of a sudden really good. I don't think Dak Prescott is going to make the Cowboys offense all of a sudden good. I may look stupid eventually from saying that, but a touchdown spread is kind of absurd in this spot, especially because if you remember last week, a uh, big reason why I took the Eagles because I thought they could run the ball on them because the Cowboys defense is good. But their weakness is their run defense, 17th in opponent yards per rush, and that is exactly the strength of the Lions' offense. Lions second in the NFL in yards per carry, averaging 5.4 yards per rush. And the strength of the Cowboys' defense is their pass rush. Well, who has a very good offensive line? The Lions do. Fourth in QB sacked percentage in the NFL, giving up a sack on just 3.61% of Jared Goff dropbacks. So I think this line is a little bit of an overreaction to Dak Prescott coming back. I'd set the line more at like minus four and a half, maybe minus five. So I think we're getting some value here in the cow or in the Lions. I'll take Lions plus seven, minus one ten, which brings me to my Dirty Birds, which I am back in. I gotta say, it is a beautiful thing when you have no expectations for your team heading into a season and they turn out to be kind of good. Falcons 3-3, 6-0 against the spread. Good teams win, great teams cover. And I'll tell you what, I bet against them last week. I won't make that mistake again. It would be, I'd be a bad Falcons fan if I don't ride this trend into the ground. I will back them plus 6.5, minus 114 to improve to 7-0 against the spread. 
But even with my bias aside, the spread seems a little bit too big for me. Bengals, to be fair, getting their momentum back, it seems. But let's not forget, Saints were beating them virtually the whole game until the end last week. By the way, yet another game bet that I was winning right up until the end. Holy shit, Sunday sucked. Bengals 18th in net yards per play. Falcons 22nd in net yards per play. I don't have any interest in laying six and a half points in a game where the teams are that close together in net yards per play. Also, Falcons offense should match up against the Bengals defense uh, stylistically pretty well here. 57.22% of their played call or called plays are running plays. That is the second most in the NFL to only the Bears. And the Bengals rank 23rd in opponent yards per carry. Their de- uh, weakness on defense is the ability to stop the run. The Falcons run the ball a shit ton, especially the past couple of games. Uh, let me actually look at last three specifically. I bet you they might even lead the NFL in rushing play percentage over the last three games. Look at that. I'm right. Over the last three games, no team has run the ball more uh, than the Atlanta Falcons. 61.63% of their call plays are run plays. That's over 3% more than the next team, which is the Giants. Um, so they're going to run the ball a shit ton, and the Bengals' def- weakness on defense is the run defense. I think the Falcons can keep it close. And also, by the way, Falcons' fourth and third down conversion rate, fifth and red, do- red zone touchdown scoring percentage. I think that is a huge reason why they are 3-3, three and three, why they are 6-0 and oh against the spread. At 6.5 points, I will back my Dirty Birds to improve to 7-0. and oh against the spread. I don't even care about making the playoffs this year. Let's go. Let's be the first team ever to go 17-0 against the spread in an NFL season. How about that? What would be more impressive? Dolphins going undefeated back in 1972 or the Falcons going 17-0 in 2022? I vote Falcons. Next up, we got the Browns and Ravens. I'm going to go over 46.5, minus 110 in this one. Two teams who are supposed to boast, to boast two of the top defenses in the NFL this season, but instead two of the worst defensive units through the first six weeks. Ravens ranked 20th in opponent yards per play. Browns ranked 28th in opponent yards per play. Browns are averaging, uh, they're giving up six yards a snap. Both teams have struggled to stop the run. Baltimore allowing 4.5 yards per carry. Cleveland allowing five yards per carry. And that's bad news for the defenses because these two offenses Uh, rank first and sixth in yards per carry. Ravens averaging 5.9 yards per rush. Browns averaging 5.2. So I think both offenses are going to be able to run the ball effectively. And overall, I do have quite a, not quite a few, but I certainly have a handful of over bets this week because the unders are hitting at an insane rate. And sportsbooks are kind of adjusting. I think they're now setting the total totals in these games lower than what they should be. So I wouldn't be surprised, and this is the case, anytime there's a kind of an anomaly early in the NFL season is as the season progresses, we see a regression to the mean. And I think that'll happen with these overs and under. So uh, I'm going to lean towards overs uh, a little bit more this week and in the weeks to come. I'll take Browns Ravens over 46 and a half minus 110. But there is one game that I will still take the under. And that is the Jets and the Broncos. I got it at under 40 and a half minus 106. As of recording, this is down to 39 and a half. I still like the under at that mark. I mean, it continues to be the obvious bet in Broncos games. Russell Wilson is, it's painful to watch him play. He sucks. To be fair, I did rant earlier that I lost my Broncos underdog money line pick on Monday night because of 
the muffed punt at the end. But to be honest, Broncos probably weren't going to score again. That probably was going to end up in a push if that punt wasn't muffed. Which still would have been better than a loss, though, to be fair. I will say the two offense do rank 18th and 20th in yards per play. Broncos, and when I tweeted out tonight the net yards per play stats, a lot of people were surprised um, that the Broncos and net yards per play actually rank 4th in the NFL. It goes Bills, 49ers, Eagles, then Broncos. Now, two reasons for that. Number one is because the Broncos' defense is truly top two, top three unit in the NFL right now. Number two, the Broncos have actually at times moved the ball. But a big reason, actually someone replied to my tweet saying, uh, Denver's place in this really takes some steam away from the validity of this metric. And I responded. And, I mean, fair enough to him. Um because if you look at the Broncos' record, you watch their games, they wouldn't belong top. They wouldn't belong fourth in net yards per play. But the reason why the Broncos really suck this season and why they haven't won these close games is the red zone offense. They're scoring a touchdown on only twenty percent of their red zone trips. That's dead last in NFL by over thirteen percent. And yeah, net yards per play should not be the only thing you look at. That'd be stupid. You should, but it, that doesn't mean that it's not valid either. It's a valid stat, but you got to look into more stats than just net yards per play. Because red zone touchdown scoring percentage is not involved in net yards per play. Third down conversion percentage is not not involved in net yards per play. Look in the styles of matchups. It's not involved in net yards per play. Looking at turnovers. Looking at giveaways. Looking at I don't know special teams. Net yards per play is where you should start your handicapping and then dive into things a little bit deeper from there. So uh, Broncos actually not bad in yards per play. Very good defensively. Very, very good defensively. One of the best defensive units in the entire NFL. Completely shut down the charters. And that's actually the strength of the Jets as well. They're also very good defensively. I tweeted out as the Jets uh, beat the Packers on Sunday. When are people going to start respecting the Jets defense? Uh, and I guess the answer now uh, is not yet because my replies to that tweet were like, well, we'll, so, well, we got it. well, maybe it was just a result of the Packers offense sucking. Oh, well, maybe we'll, 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 we'll wait and see for the Jets to play a good offense. Well, maybe those offenses aren't looking good because uh, the Jets defense is actually pretty solid. Seventh in opponent yards per play. One of the best run-stopping teams in the NFL. I like this total under all the way down to 37 and a half. I mean, I think it's going to be low scoring, but I did get it at under 40 and a half between the Jets and Broncos at minus 106. Next up, we got the Raiders and Texans, two teams coming off the bye week here. I'm going to go Raiders minus seven, minus 105. Do not be fooled by the Raiders record. And I feel like I did the same thing with the Raiders last year. I feel like the record got off to a really bad start early in the season, but their statistics were way better than that. I mean, even just look at their average scoring margin. Their average scoring margin is minus one, but yet they're one and four. <laughs> like, they're they're a, they're not a great team, but they're pretty solid, especially offensively ninth in the NFL in yards per play. Uh, they were missing an effective running game. It's something they didn't have last year, but now all of a sudden they're fifth in yards per carry. And they can really use that running attack this week against Houston, a team that ranks 29th in opponent yards per carry, giving up 5.1 yards per rush. Meanwhile, Houston, one of the worst teams in the NFL, they will have a top three, top five pick in the draft once again. Uh, if you look at net yards per play, they are 32nd, 31st, 29th in net yards per play. 
Only the Commanders, Steelers, and Titans are worse. Uh, I can't really find any bright spots for the Texans. The, to be fair, they aren't dead last in anything, but they're like every single stat offensively in defense. They're like 25th, 26th, 23rd, 28th, 27th. Not a good team. Raiders win this game in a route. I will take Raiders minus seven, minus 105 against the Texans. Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today we discuss technical diagramming with systems architect Maya. Let's go. First question. You've spent 10 hours slogging over a sequence diagram that should have taken five. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board. And if I'm being honest, Miro would probably cut that time down by half. You know, with its AI tools and ready-to-go templates. Next, your diagrams become so bulky, it's more complex than the solar system. But all it takes is a few clicks and... It's Miro. I've used those technical shape packs way too many times. And stuff is just digestible on its infinite online canvas. Now, the final question. Everyone's brought in. But you have to make all these tasks all the way over in Jira. But wait, it's done. Is it... Miro. Easy with its two-way Jira sync. Easy to plot dependencies. Everyone always knows what's up. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people creating technical diagrams without workflow glitches. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, next up, we got Seahawks and Chargers, and my strategy for the Seahawks games over the past few weeks has been to bet the over. And despite it not even coming close against the Cardinals in Week 7, I'm not going to stray from that strategy. I will take Seahawks Chargers over 51, minus 110. Seahawks 30th in opponent yards per play. Chargers defense not much better, 25th in opponent yards per play. Both defenses absolutely stink. Seattle ranks 30th in opponent yards per pass attempt, allowing 7.8 yards per throw. That should work out for the Chargers offense as 74.7% of the offensive yards they gain come through the air. That is the fifth highest rate in the NFL. Alternatively, uh, the Seahawks have emerged as one of the top running teams in the league. They're fourth in yards per carry, averaging 5.3 yards per rush. And now they get to face the second worst run defense in the NFL. Los Angeles allows 5.6 yards per carry with the Giants coming in as the only team that ranks worst in run defense. So I think both offenses will match up well with the opposing defenses. I will take the over in this one over 51 minus 110. Then we have uh, the Chiefs and the 49ers here. I'll take the Chiefs uh, minus three minus 110. This is a tough one though. Not It's a little bit of a tough one. Um, to be fair, Chiefs are one of my five best bets, so I guess it's not that tough. But 
I'm going to back Kansas City here. I just don't think the 49ers offense can keep pace with the Chiefs. And I even mentioned it last week when I was talking about them, that the way to beat, you can beat this 49ers defense uh, in the secondary. They have some holes in the secondary, but you have to be able to pass, protect the passer to do it because the 49ers have the best pass rush in the NFL, the highest sack percentage in the NFL, um, and that's exactly what the Chiefs do. Obviously, they have one of the best passing attacks, but they've been protecting Patrick Mahomes pretty well uh, this season. Sixth in QB sacked percentage, allowing a sack. Um, I didn't put the number here, but they're allowing the sack and only, I think it's something like 5 6 7% of Patrick Mahomes' dropbacks. Um, and I think the 49ers, 49ers offense is going to struggle to keep pace with them. Uh, the Chiefs convert 50% of their third down opportunities that is the second highest rate in the NFL. 49ers convert 40.54% of their third down chances. So you got two ways to beat the Chiefs. You can either out-duel them in a shootout, or you can kind of run the ball and keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. I don't think 49ers can do either of these. I don't think they match up well stylistically against the Chiefs. I will take Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, minus 3, minus 110, against the 49ers, which brings me to Sunday Night Football. I'm going to keep this one simple. I'm taking over 44.5. I keep betting the over in Dolphins games. It keeps losing. I refuse to give up. They are statistically a team that you look at and think the over should be cashing in their games. Fifth in yards per play. That's even with Tua being out for two games. 27th in opponent yards per play. So they got an offense that moves the ball, a defense that gives up a ton of yards. You would think that leads to overs. Both defenses, by the way, Steelers and Dolphins, 26th and 27th in opponent third down conversion rate. The offenses should be able to stay on the field. I know the Pittsburgh offense stinks, but maybe they can move the ball against the Dolphins defense. I just think a game with a total of 44.5 is way too low for the numbers when you look at the Dolphins. A number, an offense that this, that's this good, a defense that's this bad, I will take over 44.5 minus 110 between the Steelers and the Dolphins on Sunday Night Football. We need some primetime overs. To start hitting. Last up. Bears, Patriots. I'm going to live to regret this. I do almost every time I bet on the Bears. But I'll take the Bears plus 8. Minus 110 against the Patriots here. I, it pains me to say this. Especially fucking watching the Bears. Just fuck me on Thursday night against the Commanders. But they're not as bad as you think maybe. 17th in net yards per play. Patriots are certainly better. 7th. In net yards per play, which I was actually surprised about, um, but I think an eight-point spread. I think you got you got to be way better than that than a team for me to lay more than a touchdown. We all know, by the way, that the no, well season long. I guess that we found out a little bit earlier. Falcons recently have run the ball more than the Bears, but season long numbers, nobody runs the ball more than the Bears. They're pretty effective at it too. They're seventh in yards per carry, and that is the weakness of the Patriots defense. Patriots ranked twenty-second. An opponent yards per carry, giving up 4.7 yards per rush. Uh, Patriots offense uh, struggles in the red zone. 29th in red zone touchdown percentage. That should help keep this game close if they're scoring field goals instead of touchdowns. So I will back the Bears begrudgingly, plus the 8 points, minus 110. So there you have it. 14 games, 14 bets. My five best bets are as follows. The Colts, money line or spread, whichever whichever tickles your fancy but i like the colts over the titans and then jaguars minus three over the giants packers minus five and a half over washington raiders minus seven over the texans 
and Chiefs minus three over the 49ers. Now let me quickly recap all 14 picks starting with Thursday night football. I'm on the Saints plus 105 against the Cardinals, the Colts plus 135 against the Titans, the Jaguars minus three, minus 110 against the Giants, the Panthers plus 10 and a half, minus 106 against the Buccaneers, the Packers minus five and a half, minus 105 against Washington, the Lions plus seven, minus 110 against the Cowboys, the Falcons plus six and a half, minus 114 against the Bengals. The Browns, Ravens over 46 and a half, minus 110. Jets, Broncos under 40 and a half, minus 106. Raiders minus seven, minus 105 against the Texans. Seahawks, Chargers over 51, minus 110. Chiefs minus three, minus 110 against the 49ers. Steelers, Dolphins over 44 and a half, minus 110. Bears plus eight, minus 110 against the Patriots. My favorite teaser of the week. Take the Ravens down from uh, minus six and a half against. um, Why am I blanking on on who the. Oh, against the Browns. I'm on the over in that game. That's why. Uh, Ravens from minus six and a half against the Browns down to minus 0.5. Raiders from minus seven down to minus one against the Texans. My survivor pick. I think last week when I talked survivor. I think I said I was going with the Buccaneers. The final decision, as once again, it is myself and my girlfriend. It's my girlfriend's entry. It's a team effort now, though. No big deal. Uh, We made the final call to go with the Rams, and that's a good thing because everyone else, uh, I believe, um, once again, I'm in Joe Ostrowski's pool, survivor pool. Um, Let me see if I can bring it up here. The second, third, and fourth most selected teams all lost. I'm going to dive in. I'm going to dive into this a little bit more as I stay alive in this. Because twenty-five grand on the line, and it started with uh, just under twelve hundred entries, and we were down to the final seventy-nine. Thank God we went with the Rams. Rams were the most popular choice, but then Buccaneers, Packers, and Niners were the next three most popular choices. All lost. Five people are on the Ravens. They lost. One person somehow in Week Six didn't make a pick, which is Stinger, and someone on the Browns lost. So. 79 people left in this survivor pool. It is the final 7%. Um, and the grand prize is 25 grand. So even more so than my bets, I'm looking at this. Moving forward, uh, I think we've got some options. I'm right now leaning towards the Buccaneers against the Panthers. I think just fading the Panthers is probably going to be a good strategy, even though I'm on the Panthers to cover. Um, deciding between the Buccaneers and Raiders are, I think, in my opinion, the two teams uh, that we're deciding between, but uh, no final decision has been made. I think this is a good time to use the Raiders. I thought about Packers, Commanders, but I think there's some better options or at least some other options that you can use the Packers. I don't think there's many other times to use the Buccaneers, and the Raiders are kind of an average team, so it's risky anytime you use them, but against the Texans, this is probably going to be your best bet the rest of the season to use the Texans. So if you're still alive... In Survivor, uh, you can look at Bucks or Raiders would be the two teams that I would recommend. If you want to get really crazy, you haven't picked the Colts, even though the Colts, <laughs> don't do it. The Colts fucked me against the Titans last time. Um, yeah, I think those are kind of the two picks that, that you got to go with. Just taking a quick look at the rest of the board here. Lions, no. Yeah, I mean, maybe Patriots over the Bears on Monday Night Football. 
maybe. Dolphins, maybe, over the Steelers could be a good look. Uh, but yeah, there you have it. I'm going to go Buccaneers or Texans. Or, sorry, Buccaneers or Raiders for Survivor. Still alive for the 25K. But there you have it. This is this has been the NFL Week 7 episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast. Please rate and review the podcast. That helps us out. Best of luck with all your bets. Gamble or bless. I'll talk to you next week. Come on, we need a big bounce back week. Bounce back week. Bounce back week. Let's go. Good luck this week. Welcome to another round of Boardroom or Miro Board. Today we talk retrospectives with Agile Coach Maria. Let's go. First question. You've spent two hours in a team retro, but the only input you've heard is Dave's. Boardroom or Miro Board? Boardroom. In Miro, Dave can't hog the space because everyone can add thoughts anonymously, online, at the same time. Correct. Next. You need the team to act on feedback fast, so you turn all those retro notes into JIRA tasks instantly. Miro all the way. And I can assign those tasks to teammates. You're nailing this. Now, you see hundreds of sticky notes from the retro. A real mess. But you organize them into five themes in just seconds. Miro, I basically get back an entire hour when I use its AI tools for clustering. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people running actually enjoyable and actionable retros in Miro. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.